So, you guys, on such a, it's really been a um, kind of a stressful day. I mean, as a conservative and as a conservative Christian, it's two different things. Um, as a conservative, you are probably kind of mad, mad about what happened. Trump had it stolen from him. How could Biden possibly have had all those votes? Uh, most votes for a president, record-setting um, of all time. And, um, you know, a lot of us feel that he has a hard time reading a teleprompter. So a lot of conservatives are really upset, and who knows what's going to happen with the conservatives. However, we are, most of us, conservative Christians, and there is a difference. A conservative Christian should know some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. And let me say that with the emotions running high of this, this day, this inaugural day, that um, I get caught up a little bit in what is, um, what's going on. My, my, I get caught up in my flesh a little bit about, you know, I really feel you know, like some bad things have happened. And indeed, some bad things have happened. Trump has put a stance on against abortion and many, many other things, protecting our borders and just, you know, a lot of things that, that conservatives like. And, um, but he is now out of the picture, and that is bothersome to many. So um, the theme tonight is don't get distracted. And when I was reading the news, I was reading some news articles this morning, and it was just, man, everything I read was just a spin against Trump. Trump was bad about this, and Trump was bad about that, and we're so glad to have Biden now. He's going to fix this and that, and he's so great. I mean, the news was just spun completely. Um, almost everywhere I looked. Um, and it was just bothersome. And, you know, what does that do? When you do something like that, what happens? You're just getting into your flesh, are you not? Um, because it doesn't really matter. Um, we as Christians need to do what we need to do, and that is do what the Lord has called us to do. And um, whether presidents, you know, when presidents come and go, um, that's just a reality. When leaders come and go, that's just a reality. It happened through the Roman Empire. It's happened through many, many empires. It's happened through many presidents, um, on and on. And so um, I say all that because... As a conservative Christian, I want to explain why we shouldn't be so shook up about what happened today. Um, so, happy Inauguration Eve. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has become our 46th U.S. president. As a conservative Christian, yay, yay, yay. You may think I'm nuts, but that's okay. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, so the slogan tonight is, the world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. And this all started, that slogan is actually a lyric in a Casting Crown song. And um, that song is Just Be Held. And I'm going to play it in a minute. And um, I heard that song, I don't know how many times I've heard it, a bunch of times, I like it. Cool song. And, but the lyric struck me three weeks ago, not knowing I was going to be doing a message on Inaugural Eve. It's just a trip. It just um, it trips me out. It's actually not Inaugural Eve. It's Inaugural Day. 
uh, the evening of the inauguration. Um, but it's just so, it's just, it fits so well. And the lyric is, um, the world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. And when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, I just sang it, you know, like a lot of times you do. And then it hit me one, uh, about three weeks ago, wait a minute, what's that saying? And there's, um, well, we'll get into it in a minute. We're going to break that up in just a second here. But the world's not falling apart. It's falling into a place. To a conservative Christian, that is music to your ears. To a conservative, it doesn't really mean much. So thing, uh, two things we're going to go over tonight is how is the world system falling apart, and is it really? And two, how is the world system falling into place? I put a hint here. Um, one little hint would be uh, Jerusalem becoming the capital of Israel. I and mean, this is one that of many. But um, so um, let's go ahead and play the song. And I'm going to play like just the first minute of it um, through the first chorus and then a little bit. Here we go. That's the song, and um, just to go over real quick, um, the lyrics are, um, hold it all together, everybody needs you strong, but life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. And when you're tired of fighting, chained by your control, there's freedom in surrender. Lay it down and let it go. Now the chorus is, so when you're on your knees and answers seem so far away, you're not alone. Stop holding on and just be held. You're not alone. If you love Jesus and he's your savior, you're not alone ever, you guys. Ever. Doesn't matter what you're going through, how, doesn't matter. Jesus is there with you. You need to cry out to him. I know these are hard times for a lot of people. Regardless of what you're going through, he is there with you and he loves you. You're not alone. Stop holding on and just be held by him. Let him just hold you. So, 
And a little note here that I made is when you release what you think is control to Christ, it can be scary. It is often uncharted waters. But you know what? What do you have to lose by releasing control to our Lord and Savior who loves you more than anybody you'll ever know? You have nothing to lose. He is the all-powerful God, and he has your back. So, um, so the lyric that we're going to go after today is the world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. So that there's two aspects to that, and that is when it says your world's not falling apart, which is the lyric, it's falling into place. That is the micro system. That is you personally, and all this song is referring to like you need to let go, you need to trust Christ, you, you know, you're trying to do this on your own power and you're trying to control it and you can't. And so that's the micro aspect of this. The, ma- the macro aspect of this is the world system. The world. The world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Now, some people would argue that. But logically speaking, and this gets tricky for me too, is logically speaking, as much as this world seems like it is falling apart, it is going exactly where the Lord said it was going to go. He's told us clearly, it's going here, these things are going to happen. Why we are surprised that a good guy, Trump, got ousted after four years when that never happens. Do you guys know that? Do you know that there's only been two cases where a president didn't, didn't run the whole eight years? Um, if, a, if somebody makes it in under regular means, like uh, the president didn't die and the vice president became president, but if they're elected in, like Trump was, they always go for eight years. It has only not happened twice in the however many years we've been doing this. So this makes one. So it's very unusual that President Trump did not make a second term. It goes against the grain. But um, so when things like this happen, we as Christians need to know, like, hey, you know what? That makes sense. It's not supposed to go right. This world is not supposed to go right. This is Satan's domain, isn't it? Isn't he in control of this world? Isn't he the roaring lion looking to see who can devour on this earth? So we need to understand that if you're a conservative, that would really bother you. But as a conservative Christian, it shouldn't. And I hope this message gets to you that way. So I need to go through a few things that um, I'd rather be in the Bible and, and, and talking scripture, but there's some things I need to just get out there to kind of show like the, the condition of this evil world that we're in today. And um, so here we go. So in 2015, um, President Obama at the time, was at the UN General Assembly, and um, he um, was quoted um, as saying to the assembly, in order to move forward, we do have to acknowledge that the existing path of global integration requires a course correction. Obama said we must reject any form of fundamentalism or racism, or a belief in ethnic superiority that makes our traditional identities irreconcilable with modernity. It's a truism that globalism has led to a collusion, a collision of cultures, the president continued. Let's stop there for a moment. I mean, those are a lot of words we're hearing a lot today. And we're going to hear another little piece here that talks a lot about a lot of the words we're hearing today that were said five years ago, three years ago, that are coming to fruition 
So consider his reference to a collision of cultures. Does this affect the free expression of Christianity? Will evangelism be labeled ethnic superiority? It's going that way for sure. Um, a guy named Martin Castro, an Obama appointee, is chairman of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. This is 2015. He released a report on September 7th that said Americans need to be protected from Bible thumpers. In his comment, he referred to religious liberty and religious freedom, code words for discrimination, intolerance, racism, sexism, homophobia, Islamophobia, Christian supremacy, or any form of intolerance, end quote, Mr. Castro said. So living as a Christian, sharing the faith, and expressing biblical standards will be interpreted as Christian supremacy. A simple proclamation of faith will be considered intrusive. Public prayer will be ostracized because it offends non-believers. Support for marriage, according to the Bible, will be labeled homophobic. That's where we're going. And don't be surprised, my conservative Christian friends. It's where it's going. Look at how many empires have fallen in the past because of homosexual leaders. Many, many, many um, governments and kingdoms have fallen from the inside out because of all kinds of um, sexual things and idolatry and witchcraft. Um, so I'm going to go into a few things here now that are, again, going to paint a picture of how this world is falling apart, if you will. And um, so one little thing was last December, um, the deficit here in the United States hit an all-time record for a single month, and it was $144 billion. That's a deficit. That means they already had X amount of billion to spend, and they spent an additional $144 billion. What that original number was, I don't know, $100 billion maybe, so they spent $244 billion, just throwing a number out there, in a month. So that's a record. Um, state-run TV. I mean, it really has become state-run TV. I just saw a thing. Not that I watch Fox. I've, I've stopped. Um, but it literally said, it was a, I wanted to take a picture of it, about state-run TV. And I wrote this this morning before I read it or saw it. Um, because there's so many punchlines and phrases that are used by the media you ever see when they do the clip from news station, news station, news station across the U.S., and they say the exact same phrase, um, and you're just like, wow. I mean, that's like the narrative, and they're going to just run it over every single station with the exact same verbiage and get that perfect point across from coast to coast. Um, you know, um, words like systemic racism and stuff like that, you know, just little phrases that they use. Um, so on to number three, um, virus vaccines, these vaccines that are coming up, um, you know, they call this a pandemic and I did a few little, little bit of research on the two, um, the, uh, Spanish 1918 flu and, uh, the COVID, uh, outbreak here. And, uh, first of all, a pandemic is simply, uh, prevalent over a whole country or the world. That's what a pandemic is, means literally. Um, it's not just regional. Um, so um, the Spanish flu in eight, 1918, the deadliest in history, infected an estimated 500 million people worldwide, about one-third of the planet's population, and killed an estimated 20 million of 50 million, oh, I'm sorry, estimated 20 million to 50 million victims, including some 675,000 Americans. Now, 
COVID has affected 95.5 million worldwide versus 500 million, so a fifth. Two million deaths uh, versus 20 to 50 million worldwide. And then 392,000 deaths in the U.S. versus 675,000 deaths in the U.S. However, just to make things multiplied by four, literally, um, for the Spanish flu, the world population in um, 1918 was 1.8 billion. Today's world population is 7.8 billion, which is about four times greater. So, um, so anyhow, we have the COVID, whatever you want to call it, but that definitely plays into something. We don't know if it's a smoke screen, what it really is, but it's playing into something way, way bigger, I believe, and um, only time will tell. Um, stock markets, I mean, I have customers that have invested in the stocks and that's their retirement, and then the you know, stock markets fail and their retirements are lost and it's just, heartbreak and I mean the stock market is not all bad but it's still it's just legalized gambling so I got a question for you what has four commas left of a decimal point and starts with 27 our national debt four commas you guys 27 trillion 203 billion 384 million 382,939 um, when Obama came into office 2008 there was about 10 trillion in debt when he left, it was 19.5 trillion, and then that was over eight years. So Trump, Trump picked the ball up at 19.5 trillion and went on to 27 trillion in just four years. So that's a lot of money being spent between uh, 08 and 2020, like uh, 17 trillion. You know, Ronald Reagan was in office when the deficit rolled over to the first trillion dollars, when it went from hundreds of billions to, the, to one trillion was uh, Reagan, I think it was 1984, under the Reagan administration. Um, increased deterioration of human rights, communism, uh, sex traffic, slavery. I mean, we, uh, the amount of goods we buy from China, there's a reason why it's so cheap, it's because they have slave labor, and we buy it, and we don't really think about it. Um, that's literally slave labor. The, the, the quality of life for so many around this world is so bad, um, and it's just not even being looked at, unfortunately. Um, freedom of speech on the Internet. If you can shut down the president of the most powerful country in the world, um, there's an issue. <laughs> there's an issue. Um, okay, now, I don't buy into this, but global warming is on the list, and... Um, but I got one better than that. How about higher wind speeds? The wind is blowing so hard in Simi Valley, I assure you it's got to be world records or Simi Valley record-setting wind. It's blowing hard out there. Um, number nine, abortion. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Very sad piece that I have on abortion, but you, you just, it's just part of where the world is, you guys. And we need to understand that it's going to get worse. This is the beginning of birth pangs, as we're going to see in a little while that Jesus says, don't freak out. You're going to, we're going to read that in a little while. Don't get freaked out. It's going to happen. These are birth pangs. It's coming. You're being warned. So my conservative Christian brothers and sisters, hang on. Um, defunding the police. 
What a great idea, huh? I tell you, it's just amazing. And uh, I'm joking, absolutely, by the way. Um, and then masks. You know, there's definitely two sides to that one, I tell you what. And um, personally, you know, what is better than our own God-given immunity system? Certainly it's not a mask. God gave us our immune system and it works excellent. And it is what we need. If God wanted us, you know, if we needed a mask, God would have been born with it. That's my opinion. Okay, so we're going to do a little Old Testament reminder. This is pretty heavy little scripture. It's Ezekiel 7.23. And, um, you know, you guys, yeah, this is Old Testament and Christ's fulfillment of the Old Testament, yes. But the stories that are in the Old Testament can still be just as valid today as they were back then. Stories of Job, I mean, it goes on and on. Tons and tons of stories in the Old Testament are just as valid, were just as valid then as they are today. And I absolutely believe this is one of them. So Ezekiel 7.23 says, um, For the land is full of bloody crimes. Back then a bloody crime would have been probably murder. But I don't believe that's the case anymore. It, I, I really don't. Uh, murder is such a small aspect of the amount of crimes that are created that, are, that, that happen today that there's only one crime that I can think of that is bloody anymore, and that is abortion. And when you see the numbers here in a minute, you'll see that it greatly outweighs, well, you'll see. It's, it's staggeringly sad, and it really shows the state of this world. Um... Approximately 500 cc's of blood is lost during an abortion, and uh, the woman can bleed for up to two weeks after the abortion. Now, here is a little article I read, and it says, a heartbreaking reminder about the prevalence of abortion. Statistics compiled by Worldometers indicates that there were over 42.3 million abortions worldwide in 2019. The independent site collects data from governments and other reputable organizations and reports the data along with estimates and projections based on those numbers. When contrasting the abortion numbers to other causes of death, including cancer, HIV AIDS, traffic accidents, and suicide, abortions far outnumbered every other cause. By contrast, 8.2 million people died from cancer in 2019, 5 million from smoking, 13 million from disease, and 1.7 million died of HIV AIDS. About the same as COVID. COVID is like 2 million, 2.1. I think it's about 2 million. HIV AIDS and COVID are about the same. And do we hear anything about how to stop AIDS besides wear a condom? I mean, it's just ridiculous. There's no more to it than that. It's like just a pure physical thing and just they, they leave it at that, and it just is so sad. They put a millionth of the energy into um, why HIV is spread, the homosexual agenda and such, as they did into COVID. It would be a wonderful thing. Deaths by malaria and alcohol are also recorded. Worldometers estimates that, estimates about 58.6 million deaths worldwide in 2019. 58.6 million deaths. 
42.3 million abortions. However, but that number, 58.6 million total deaths in the world, does not include unborn babies, abortion deaths. Unborn babies are not recognized as human beings, even though biology indicates that they are unique, living human beings from the moment of conception, and they die brutal, violent deaths in abortions. Amazing, huh? We abort almost as many babies as people die in the world from everything. Okay, so back to Ezekiel uh, 7, verse 23, and the city is full of violence. See, we've seen this, what's been going on lately. The city is full of violence. Um, it's mellowed out lately. Who knows what's going to happen you know, here in the next few days? Who knows? Who knows? Probably nothing, but it's been very violent. Verse 24, therefore I will bring the worst of the nations, and they will take possession of their houses. The Lord is going to punish. Punishment is coming. Punishment is coming here and around the world. So in that, I will bring the worst of the nations, and they will take possession of their houses. They'll take possession of your houses or, you know, people of this nation's houses. So now I've got to just bring up, as I was reading this morning, that Biden is set to sign an executive order, one of 17, that will put an end to Trump's Muslim ban, which was rooted in religious, quote, religious animus and xenophobia, unquote. Trump in 2017 signed an executive order suspending entry into the U.S. for individuals from mostly Muslim countries, Sudan, Syria, Libya, Somalia, Yemen, and Iran. Um, the travel ban was updated and um, went on to include uh, North Korea and Venezuela. The Trump administration expanded the ban again in January 2020 to include an additional six countries. So he was keeping hostile people out of our country. But the Lord said that I'm going to let the worst of them come in and take your homes. Don't be surprised, my fellow Christians conservatives. Don't be surprised. It's coming. This is a warning. We've been warned. The Biden administration reversal will repeal Trump's order and instruct the State Department to restart visa processing for affected countries in an effort to, quote, restore fairness and remedy the harms caused by the bans, unquote. <laughs> yeah, harms. Okay, um, now verse 24. I will also put an end to the pride of the strong, of the strong ones. I will also put an end to the pride of the strong ones. Who are the strong ones? I see it as politicians, movie moguls, actors, producers. I mean, uh, big tech CEOs, etc. So eliminate what I just said. I will also put an end to the pride of the strong ones and their holy places will be profound. Verse 25, when anguish comes, they will seek peace, but there will be none. Disaster will come upon disaster and rumor will be added to rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet, but the law will be lost from the priest and the council from the elders. The king will mourn, the prince will be clothed in horror, and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. You know, another verse, you know, elsewhere in the Bible says their hearts will fail in them. 
I was so freaked. I will deal with them because of their conduct and by their judgments I will judge them and they will know that I am the Lord. Um, one more scripture I've got for you guys and that is Isaiah 5. And uh, here it goes. Who, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. So remember, this is, you guys, this is the world, you know, falling apart. Who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing intoxicating drink. Comma, who declare the wicked innocent for a bribe, who declare the wicked innocent for a bribe, and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. I, I personally feel like that was kind of like Trump today. I really do. That's just me personally. Like the rights of this guy who was trying for our country was taken away. Again, there's my, there's my conservative side. <laughs> Not realizing that my, my conservative Christian side needs to be the one that's in control and know what's going on. So um, it says that valiant men mixing intoxicating drink, there's a comma, um, who declare the wicked innocent for a bribe. Now here's just a little thing on Washington, D.C. Speaking of drinking, intoxicating drink, and heroes, and drinking wine, these guys are good at it. They're good at it. Who are they? This is written by Jeff Klebaugh, 2017, Washington, compared to states, the district ranks number two for the percentage of adults who consume alcohol and number one for the percentage of heavy drinkers. According to detox.net, an online resource for alcohol abuse treatment programs. According to the study, 65.9% of adults in D.C. have had at least one drink in the past month, second only to Wisconsin's 67.3%. The study was based on data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System, which collects health-related data from phone interviews. The study also says 11.1% of D.C. adults are what it labels heavy drinkers, consuming more than two drinks daily for men and more than one drink daily for women. The district also topped heavy drinkers. These guys are heroes at drinking. I mean, these guys are, you know, um, mixing intoxicating drink. The district also topped the list for the highest percentage of binge drinkers, men who have had five or more drinks, four or more for women on at least one occasion in the past month at 25.5%. So that's the world we're in right now, you guys. That's the world we're in right now. So how is it falling into place? How is all that falling into place? Jesus said in Matthew 24, sorry, let me back up. Huh. This is very short and sweet. I'm not getting into the whole list because you've heard the whole list many times. 2 Timothy 3. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Difficult times will come. Be ready. So now, Matthew 24, uh, verse 3. 
And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and they will mislead many people and you will be hearing of wars and rumors of war. Wars and rumors of war. Two ways of looking at rumors of war. A rumor is something that's not true, right? So you could be hearing that, hey, there's a war in South America. Just a rumor. It might freak you out, though. Or, hey, there's a war in Tijuana, and they're coming north. They're going to come here. Whoa. You know, who knows? That's a rumor, and it could get you to be distracted. Don't be distracted. These rumors of war are going to distract you. Wars are going to distract you. Rumors of war are going to distract you. The other way of looking at a rumor of war is people literally being in fear that a war might start. That, hey, you know what, man? Mm, San Francisco could, you know, could raise up in arms and, and come south, and there could be this war, and, you know, scheming it or, or rumoring it, and even though it's not true. So, again, just a distraction, something to get you into the flesh to get your eyes off the Lord and onto the situation at hand and, and now you're in the flesh and that's not where you want to be. Um, Mark 13.7, 13.7, Mark 13 verse 7 um, says the same thing as uh, Matthew 24, almost exactly. And um, then there is a third time that this alarmed comes up. I'm about to read it. And that is in 2 Thessalonians 2. So this is going to come up. This word alarmed, not alarmed. See, th- see that you are not alarmed. For these things must take place, but that is not the end yet. Things are going to happen, you guys. Things like what happened today, whether you think it's right or wrong, it's going to happen. Don't be alarmed. They have to take place. These things, our world's not falling apart. It's falling into place, you guys. They must take place. They're falling into place. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are merely the beginning of sorrows. Literally means birth pangs. Birth pangs get worse and worse and worse and worse until... Our Lord and Savior comes. Bang. And it's done. It's going to get worse. Okay. You know, something that concerns me, when I hear people talking about COVID and getting sick and, and dying, is I see a real fear of death in people. And, and it, it, it kind of, it, it gets, it, I don't say it bothers me, but it just kind of, makes me feel for the person. Um, you know, some of you know that I was shot back in 10907. I looked down the barrel of a 40 caliber handgun and watched a guy pull the trigger and put a round through both my arms. I went to the back of our store. I was, at, I was at work. I went to the back of our store, and I remember thinking to myself, do I really believe what I am 
learning and what I believe about Christ and about the Bible. Do I really believe it? Do I really believe it? Because I'm about to go. There was no back door. There was no way out. I thought I was going to die. Now, there's a very, I, I was, I'm very blessed to have such an experience and to be able to share it with you. And I hope this hits home. I was able to count the cost of, of the word and Christ in a microsecond and know that when this dude puts me under, that I will be with my Lord and Savior. Really the true test, right to the very end. I thought I was going to die. So, with that said, we're all going to die. Time kills everybody. Time, nobody escapes time. We're all going to go. Um, I was looking up this gentleman here. In, uh, he's like 128 years old. And... Uh, Let's see here. As of uh, January 19th, 2021, which was yesterday, the oldest known living person is Kane Tanaka of Japan, age 118 years, 17 days. We're all going to die. And to be afraid of death, for me to look down the barrel of that guy's gun and be afraid that I don't know where I'm going to go would have been horrifying Am I going to go to hell? You know what, you guys? I didn't even think about hell. I just thought about my Lord and Savior. I kid you not. You need to look at the coronavirus or COVID or whatever it is and realize that you're going to go when the Lord calls you. It doesn't matter if it's the coronavirus on times 20, if it's a Spanish flu, a nuclear holocaust. I mean, it, you guys, it doesn't matter. The Lord is going to take you when the time is right. When it's time to go, it's time to go. Nothing you can do about it. What you can do is be prepared. And that's where some scriptures can come into here in a minute. It's very important. But I don't want you guys to be afraid of death. I want you to really think about this. Don't be afraid of death. Make your calling and election sure. Know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are doing stuff that makes your mind compromised, if you're doing smoking some weed on the weekend or whatever it might be, and you're thinking, man, the Lord, you know, I'm, I'm compromising out, don't do it. Don't do it. Ask the Lord to save you of it, to deliver you of it. You don't want to have a double mind. You don't want to have a double mind. You want to have a double life either. You want to have clarity. You want to walk the walk. You want to be clear in what you do and what you say. It doesn't matter if you're at church or if you are at work or on vacation. You can be the same person day in and day out. And that person, I would hope, is a God-fearing Christian. Somebody who loves the Lord and does his will all the time, 24-7. So death is a big deal. And um, so in Hebrews 9.27... And just as it is destined for people to die once, and after this comes judgment. You're going to die. You're going to be judged. That's why you should be concerned. You should be concerned about the decisions you're making today. If you're not taking care of business today, you might have reason to be concerned about dying. Hebrews 10:31. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Man, you need to be right. 
You don't know when you're going to go, you guys. My, that shooting for me was 7.30 in the morning on a Tuesday morning at work. Regular old day. I've been doing tires since I was 16 years old. It's a regular old day. Nothing unusual at all. Um, I threw this in there. Make a choice to rejoice. That's Joe's topic lately, and I love it. Make the choice to rejoice. If you do that, it'll help you keep your eyes on the Lord and help you make good decisions. Um, Our human body is simply a mechanical device that carries your spirit. It only lasts so long. The oldest guy alive, 118 years old. 118, you're going to expire. You guys, this body expires. Um, You know, Christ talked about after I go to prepare a mansion for you, he talked a lot about the afterlife. And thank God he did. Thank him that he did. Because there's a lot of bad information out there. There's guys that are into reincarnation. There are guys that are into Kolob and, and having their own universe and being their own gods and on and on and on. And that's nonsense. That's not good information. That's bad information. Praise the Lord, he gave us information about the afterlife. True, solid, rock, solid information about the afterlife. Um, Hebrews 2.14, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. You hear that? Jesus went and took, he went and he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Don't be afraid of death, trust in the Lord. He has done it. First Peter 3, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. They're talking about Jesus there, but that is true for all men. As Christ was a man and God, the man part of him was put to death and his spirit was made alive. And it happens to mankind also. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 6, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, but we are of good courage and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Remember Nick talking about Ephesians? Want to have that, that uh, Paul wanting that button to push? But it's better that he's, you know, it's much better to be with the Lord, but he needs to be here to help. And this goes on to talk about, you know, we're going to get in that, that same idea. It's better to be here, not better to be here, but it's, it's important that we're here to help those that are lost or to do the Lord's will. The Lord needs hands and feet and mouths and eyes on this earth. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive compensation for his deeds done through the body in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. Remember, it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the Lord. The deeds done through the body in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. 
2 Thessalonians 2 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure. That's not alarmed. That's the third time. Remember the first time about not alarmed was in Mark 13, 7 and, and Matthew 24. See that you're not alarmed. See, Jesus says, see that you are not alarmed for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. There's still a lot more to take place, you guys, after these you know, birth pangs start. I mean, it's, it's going to be a birth pang. Then what happens when a lady has a birth pang? She cools off. She's fine for a little while. And you start recording the time between the pangs, six minutes. Well, it's like five and a half minutes of like, yeah, pretty much normal. And man, and then that birth pain comes again, and it just is, you know, excruciating. It comes, and then it goes. And then it's fine for a while. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to have crazy stuff like what happened today. Well, however you want to take it. But those things are going to happen. So, so the third time that word is used, that, that what the Lord gives as not alarmed it's only used three times, and those are one, two, and then um, the second Thessalonians, two. That you, verse two, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Don't be shaken. Don't take your eyes off the Lord. Don't be distracted. Stand firm, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this he called you through our gospel that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Hmm. Letter from us. The letter from us is Holy Scripture. It has literally become Holy Scripture. Paul had no idea. He may have had some idea, but he, I don't know if he could have known the fullness of it, that these letters he was writing would be so read by so many millions and millions and billions of people. Hmm. Or by letter. I love it. And it says, stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught. And I was thinking, man, isn't that another word for... Um, uh, What's it called when you uh, just being, man, I can't think of the words, but um, just being traditional. You know, it seems like being traditional nowadays is like a, a, a negative term. You know, don't be, don't be traditional. You know, you got to be, you know, new age. You got to be forward thinking. You got to be progressive. You know, don't be traditional. You know, the stance of the modern day world. Anyhow, he's telling us, to stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught. I want to finish with this, verse 16, 2 Thessalonians 16. 
because it's awesome. Scripture's awesome. Verse 16, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. You guys, the world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Jesus told us. It's clear. We as Christians know. Don't let this stuff throw you off. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get in the flesh in it. Seek the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. And things will work out. Stay in the word. Stay with your brothers and sisters. Even though we're on lockdown, we can't really get together in church. Get together, you guys, with wherever you can, wherever you can. Go to dinner with brothers and sisters or lunch or whatever. A bike ride or a walk or whatever you can do to get together with a brother and sister or sister. Stay in fellowship. Stay in the word. Stay in prayer. Let's go and bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we love you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that this... Um, that it's falling into place, Lord, that you've shown us, and as crazy as it seems, it's all going right where you said it would, Father. And there's so much more that was not talked about tonight that you talked about that happens in the end. We thank you, Father, for watching over us and protecting us, telling us the future. Father, I pray that we would not be distracted by the things of this world, Father, regardless of what they are but that we'd keep our eyes on you in your word and we'd stay in prayer, Father. You prayed and prayed and prayed, Father. Please let us realize that and be an example to us, Father. All the disciples saw, they saw you praying and they asked you, Lord, teach us how to pray. He saw you do all kinds of miracles. They saw you do all kinds of miracles and all kinds of things, but they asked, teach us how to pray. That's awesome, Lord. Father, help us to stay in prayer. Help us stay in your word. Help us stay in fellowship. Father, I lift up this new president to you and pray that you'd watch over him and that he would do your will, Father. Father, you tell us to lift up our leaders. It is hard, Lord. Lift up Pelosi and Newsom and Como and Kamala. But Father, I pray that they would all work to your glory, Father, that many would be saved through whatever they're going to do. As this world gets darker, Lord, you get brighter. May our love that you've given us overflow to the lost world and may this lost world see you, Father, and may the harvest be brought in. We love you and praise you, Jesus. Please forgive us of our sins. Help us to sin no more. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. God bless.